Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. I know you've missed my beautiful voice. And with that being said, it's Tuesday. It's time once again for your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to B-Live and Scotty D, a.k.a. Tony and Mike, for holding it down for us last week while I was in Atlanta um, celebrating my brother Mike's 60th birthday. The only problem when I go out of town is I don't stay long enough. But that's neither here nor there. Thank you, fellas, for holding me down while I was gone. With that being said, of course, I cannot do this without my co-host. I have not only one, but two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing first, he is the man down there at the Share Studios. Ohio State does not need to copyright the because the Share Studios is the Share Studios. The almighty be live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Woo! Any cool I will say this to you. Like, you say you don't stay long enough when you get out of town. Me, <laughs> you give me about a couple of days, and then I'm already sick and tired of people not ready for my own bed. But I see neither here nor there. I love my peeps. I love my time with them. But, man, it's nothing like being home and being in your element. When I say home, I mean like the place I'm living at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, we had some football going on this weekend. I just actually came from a wedding. I had a wedding I went to um, on Saturday. Who plans a wedding during playoff season? Mm-hmm. You know who plans a wedding during playoff season? Ooh. Cowboy fans and Saints fans because they <laughs> They weren't going to be there at this point in time. I said what I said. Congratulations to the newlyweds, Brian and Brandy Calder. I love you very much. Thank you for the invite. I had such a great time. But it is what it is. You know me. (laughs) Go ahead and bring the other guy in. Speaking of Cowboys fans and not being in the playoffs at this time, um, let him talk about it. Be, be 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 live. You can't we can't say much as Panthers fans because we have any. I, I, can, say, I can say what I want. Oh, all, boy, I can, all I can do right now at two and fifteen is hate on other teams. I don't care. I don't care. They they to celebrate. It's just like it's just like Gamecock fans. They ain't got nothing to do but hate because they ain't got no trophies in their case. They- and introducing <laughs> the other guy. He is the pride. Washington, Pennsylvania. He is the only student in the history of Waynesburg University to graduate. Scotty Cum Laude. He is the one, the only, the educated scholar himself, the money man, Scotty D. Jerry Ginger, you kidding me? You're bringing Mike McCarthy back. You had a clear path to the NFC Championship. This was your out. You had two playoff games at home against lesser teams, and this is what you come up with. And Mike McCarthy, you have the nerve to come out and say, well, we're close and we're a championship program. Buy into us. Why would I buy into you? You just got blown off your own field seven days ago. 
Jerry Jones, the you are the problem. It begins and ends with the sentences, I think. And you say, I think we're close. We're not close. You're not close because you brought Mike McCarthy back. And now you're going to waste another year of my life. The way you wasted Tony Romo's career. The way you wasted Jason Witten's career. The way you wasted Marcus Ware's career. The way you're wasting my dad and my relationship for the last 28 years. Watching the Dallas Cowboys play on Sunday. So, Jerry Jones, I don't want to hear that I think anything out of you anymore. Uh Wanna rock and roll all night. All right, let's get into some football for the past weekend, boys. <laughs> what just happened? Oh god. So we got a we got a money man ran in the oh, intro. Be like this has to get home by that. Yes. Oh my god, you stupid. Oh God! Scotty D trying to Scotty D trying to kill us uh, first thing in the morning. I've had that bottled up for a little while. I, I just uh, just a little bit, but Scotty D, are you other than are you are you fine? You okay? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk some NFL football. We are down to the final four. I'm excited to talk a little football here. All right, uh, a little a little cheap plug real quick. If you want to hear Scotty D's original intentions on Mike McCarthy being hired <laughs> as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, check out Sports World's podcast, episode number 51, where it says, somebody say something about getting fired up by the Sports World's podcast, and Scotty D starts at the 43-minute and 21-second mark, and just enjoy. That is 183 episodes of a rant right there. That, that was, yeah, woo! Yeah. It was coming in hot. Oh, man. And with that being said, let's go ahead and hop right into it. The top of the order. Mm. All right. Let's get this thing started. Here it is. The top of the order. And then there were four. But before we get to the four, there were some other games that were on on hand this past weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And I'm pretty sure like the rest of us, I'm glad there ain't no Monday games. All right. With that being said, the NFL is down to four teams once again. The Chiefs and the Bills, they did not disappoint as they usually do. And I'm going to do that over again. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So the NFL is down to four teams. And once again, the Chiefs and the Bills did not disappoint. Now, has Kansas City righted the ship? after some regular season struggles, and has Buffalo reached the ceiling uh, with Coach Sean McDermott? Scotty D, let's start with you first. Well, I'll start with that second question first because I kind of think that they have. Sean McDermott has helped turn that culture around in Buffalo where they are a perennial playoff contender every year. But now in four straight years, they've lost. They got knocked out three times to Kansas City and once to the Bengals, last two of which took place at home. And this was the year, this is the year that Kansas City was most vulnerable. This is the year that the Buffalo had it on their, had them on their home turf. Buffalo had been playing well coming into this game. And they, they couldn't, they had no answer for Kansas City's offense. They couldn't, they couldn't defend. Now, look, I know Buffalo was, was hurt. They were, they were down mm-hmm. multiple players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but, you don't go for a fake punt on your own 30 just out of desperation. That was a, a poor decision. And then, you, you know, on second and nine, it, th- th- to me, this is the biggest problem of the game. What Buffalo had a chance to melt this clock down and win the game at the very least tie and go to overtime. You go to the two minute warning, 
you come back from the two-minute warning. Kansas City has two timeouts, and it's second and nine. And Josh Allen elects to throw the ball into the end zone from what was it, the 25-yard line, uh, so, somewhere in that vicinity. Personally, if, I, the way I feel about it is if you complete that pass and score the touchdown, the topic today would be talking about another Mahomes comeback because you were giving him the ball back with two timeouts and a minute and 50 seconds to play. He, he beat you with 11 seconds two years ago. Mm-hmm. He only needed 11 seconds and no timeouts, and he came back and scored on you. So to have a, even a, a, a play designed where you go to the end zone, now maybe if you want to have that as just to spread the defense, that's fine, but you had digs across the middle. You throw the ball to digs. You get a first down. Now you're going to you, you you're going to take their last two timeouts and melt that clock down to under a minute with a chance for you to score a touchdown and take the lead, not just kick a field goal and tie. And if you do, you uh, again, your your worst scenario is is overtime. And so I think I think that kind of thing is a reflection on on the on the head coach to to not manage the game better than that. And that's a problem I've had in Dallas is that I feel like. The Cowboys have hit their ceiling with McCarthy. This is a little bit of a higher ceiling because they actually have won a couple of playoff games. But again, they, they're not getting past the divisional round in three of these last four years either. It, it's, it's a hard thing whenever you have a team <clears throat> that's as close as Buffalo to make that change because now you're interrupting some team continuity and, and you know you're used to playing a certain way. You're building towards something. It's hard to take that top layer off. But they had they made a change at midseason. They they changed offensive coordinators, and that seemed to work out better for them. I don't think the change will be made, but I could certainly understand why. And be live, the Chiefs look like they're rounding back into form. I, I mean, it's it, you can't when you've had as much postseason success as the Chiefs, you can't replicate that in the regular season. You might drop a couple balls and lose a couple games, and now the switch has been flicked back on. And Mahomes, I think, was actually looking forward to the challenge of winning on the road to the Super Bowl on the road. Here's one thing I, I will say this. A lot of points that you hit on there, Scotty D, I agree with. One thing I, I don't agree with, especially in any game scenario, is that you hold back and try not to score. I understand give, giving Patrick Mahomes the ball with X amount of time, et cetera, et cetera. When Josh Allen threw that ball down the middle, that was a wide – that was a rhythm pass. The center of the field was wide open, and a wide receiver should have been there. I don't know if the break was late or whatever, but I, I looked at it a few times. I thought the same thing at first, but you if you see an opportunity to score, you score. But but That's the opportunity but, but here I'll let you back. Let me just stop you just for a second there because to me, the the you have to you have to execute the best strategy and the best strategy is to pick up a first down play for the first down because you need nine yards you need to get that nine yards first and then let's worry about scoring and then we're not giving the most dangerous quarterback in history the ball back to me that's all part of it you can't scoring soon and giving him the ball back i don't think is a sound strategy it's the same as not scoring none of well they didn't score regardless yeah, that's that is very true. Because that that win kicked Tyler Bass's hand. <laughs> that ball went yeah. <laughs> Good lord! But it man, it, it I I will say this. I agree with the ceiling being where it is right now with Buffalo. 
I think Buffalo right now would beg to have those four Super Bowls in a row than to have the team that they have right now that can't even get there. The talent, like the talent is there. Josh Allen is otherworldly talented. Once, but every time, um, <clears throat> every time I see him on the field, you know something. He something spectacular is about to happen. When I say spectacular, it's one of those things he pulling rabbits out of hats and stuff like that. Just do doing some of the stuff that's just unscripted, that's just off the radar. And I think it was like the, the second play of the game, he threw a uh, threw a lateral to the. Uh, to his player, like that couldn't have been drawn up, but maybe it was. I don't know. Either way, I will. I do agree with the like the the strategy that Buffalo had throughout the game, and the the certain certain miscues. It just I I thought Buffalo had it in hand until they didn't. I don't I don't know. Did anybody else have that feel? I thought Buffalo had it. Kansas City, they were they went back and forth. It was a back and forth game. And I said it was going to be the team that had the ball last. Either way, it looked yeah. like it was going to be Kansas City. Okay, well, if you say the team that had the ball last would win, and why would you want to score a touchdown with a minute 50 to go and give Mahomes the ball last with two or, timeouts? Or you can just not score and have them in victory formation. Or you could or you can keep or you can keep the clock run and mm-hmm. score later. You, you you get the first down. You don't have there's to go no, into the end zone there. No score you have, later. Yeah, you get the get first the, down. Then why, if that's the case, then why didn't they th- if, then why wouldn't you throw the ball for why wouldn't you throw it to, to the end zone five times and from the 50-yard line? Because, because you're trying to you're trying to come up with the move the ball, take the clock down and get the best possible play. That ball should have been that should have been a touchdown. But it wasn't. So throw the higher percentage pass throw to Diggs over the middle for the first down. Now you got them really in 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 trouble. But yes, I did not feel I, I, as the game was going on, in from the second quarter on, I felt like this was going to be Kansas City. Kansas City had the edge because Buffalo couldn't stop them. I felt that it was only a matter of time. Now Kansas City has a chance to put the game a little away, and Hardman fumbles the ball through the end zone on the foot line an inch away from the ground, and and when Buffalo had the opportunity now to come back, I thought, wow, maybe maybe the, the football gods and the, the fate is changing and Buffalo does have the opportunity. But, of course, wide right once again. And what a great call by Jim Nance on that call when he said that <clears throat> at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, I, I think as far as um, – <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was on the way home from work because, you know, I do that thing called work on weekends. One of these days, fellas, I'm going to have a job where – I don't have to work every freaking Saturday or Sunday. I can sit back and watch games and actually be engaged, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I was thinking on the way home last night for work. I'm like, you know, could could this be it? Like, I think personally that McDermott is a great coach, wonderful coach. But I think with Buffalo, he's reached the ceiling because it's just you have all this talent, you have multiple opportunities to get there. But this season was a little bit more challenging because at one point, it looks like the Bills were out of it. They were out of the division race and out of the wild card and, and everything. They were just out of it altogether. But, you know, they 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 tightened it up towards the uh, end of the regular season. But it seems like when it gets to the playoffs, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't want to lean it all on Josh Allen. I don't want to lean it all on the defense. It's just a classic case of, I don't want to say it, I'm get some hate for this, but it's been typical Buffalo. Dating back to the four consecutive Super Bowls that you mentioned earlier, B Live, you get there, 
you get so close, but then you you don't show up. I mean, I mean, you show up, but then the other team is either more prepared, they want it more than you. And I don't want to say the Bills lay down; they just get so close and just can't close out games and just can't finish. And I feel bad for the fans because this team is talented, and for them not to get past the division round is it's it's a conversation might need to be had in the offseason. Happened though in the offseason, we're going to have the same thing that happened last offseason. There's going to be all this murmuring and all that stuff about the locker room and players getting mm-hmm. getting along and et cetera, et cetera. Bunch of drama that we don't need. But mm-hmm. man, <clears throat> Ooh, that was what that was one game of four. Yeah, one, one, one on this weekend. Ugh. Yeah, one one of four. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this here 49ers and Packers game. Um, I thought it was going to be a slaughter, <laughs> and the Packers were going to be the victims. But the Packers said, oh, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the 49ers escaped with a narrow win on Saturday against the St. Green Bay Packers. Um, are we concerned that they are not playing their best football at the most crucial time of the year? Be live. Here's, here's one thing. I think we just underestimated the Packers. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily that. Like, we've seen the 49ers blow out teams in the regular season and everything like that. But can we clearly say that this Packers team in the playoffs is not the same Packers team that we saw during the regular season? We can I, say can. We can I can. Say I can. That. I can say that. Yeah, that's sure. what I know. I know you can. God, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that, that even coming into this game, I was like, we're watching a we're watching a different Packers team. They're young. They're playing with house money, not necessarily house money, because Jordan Love has been there. But this is sort of his coming out party, mm-hmm. and now it's already saying he is again the heir apparent. And they're praising and lauding the um the Green Bay um quarterback room because he's the, he's the next big thing. And I mean, it fits the bill. And this is one. It's one of those games where 49ers had a week off. They come in and they got a. It's basically had a red hot Packers team, and the 49ers did exactly what they were supposed to do. They did just enough. And I will say this: it's going to be interesting. And I'm gonna quote um my dude um um Cam VP Cam Newton. Rock Purdy's a game manager. Ooh, yeah. Brock Purdy did just enough to not lose the game. He may need to do more against yet another red-hot team when he faces the Lions. I'm saying this right here, right now. Kenny DeWitt, I'm talking to you. Marcus Anderson, I'm talking to you. Poncho, Frank Marietta, I'm talking to you. Even my own father, that's a 49ers fan, I'm talking to you. Brock Purdy's going to have to do more. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe even I don't even. Maybe even less. He, but he's gonna have to do something more than just manage the game to get to the Super Bowl. Because the the 49ers look like the Bills. They got all this talent, but can't make it to the big game. I don't. So <clears throat> we shall see. We 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 lauded them as the most complete team in the NFL for so long until they fixed the Ravens and got the brakes beat off of them. And then we see this game right here where Bob Purdy did just enough not to lose it. We, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be it's gonna be a very interesting game. It could be a blowout, or it could be the, the Detroit Lions do not play around with them, do not sleep on them at all. 
that's that's what I saw out of the Packers. The Packers, their record, what they did during the regular season, had it, that's a completely different team that we that we saw in the playoffs. Now, can we can we ask Debo Samuel's to play smart? And not uh, go out there and prove that you're tough because now your shoulder jacked up and you're gonna be fifty fifty for the AFC uh, for the NFC Championship game. Go ahead, Scott. Once again, once again, that's a former Gamecock, and so they don't know anything but to get injured. That's- Scotty D, just go ahead. I'm gonna mute his mic. Yeah. And up. Uh, <laughs> um, the the Packers squandered a golden opportunity because they they had the game in hand in the second half and. Similar to the Bills, they blew it when they had a chance to get down on the on the other deep into 49er territory. Uh, the series that they end up settling for the field goal could have been the one that would have put them away by going up by two scores. And it was at that point that I really thought the Packers made their worst mistake coaching wise of the of the whole game because Brock Purdy did not look good. I I, I think he's better than just a, a game manager. There, I think at times because this team has been so complete, that's all he's been asked to do. But this is a guy that we were talking about as an MVP candidate as well not too long ago. But he was he was struggling. He was struggling in this game, and on, on the game winning drive, the Packers only rushed four guys consistently throughout that drive and got no pressure on him. They allowed him to get his feet set and get comfortable and deliver the ball down the field. And I think he was four or five or five of six, something like that on that game winning drive. So I thought that was the, that was the, the, the worst decision made by a Packers coach. The worst decision made by a Packers player was Jordan love thinking he could throw a duck up into the middle of the field. Whenever all he had to do was try to get into field goal range and had time. And they teach you that when, you first start throwing passes at the sixth grade level is you can't throw the ball back across the field. And he made that cardinal mistake and paid for it. <clears throat> Having said that, I think that the better team won. I think the, I think the, uh, the 49ers, and I'm gonna, we'll talk about this more here in a moment. Similarly to the Ravens looked a little rusty in the first half, having not been in really complete game action for three weeks. But I do think the, uh, the Packers look good as an upstart team, but the better team won this game. Well, let me sneak this in real quick. Um, Jordan Love looked Brett Farvish with that yeah. throw. Like that, that was a gunslinger. I think I can make this throw. I don't know what the hell he was looking at because it was two 49ers in, a, in front of that ball that he threw. And there was, I don't, again, trying to, he could have laid it down for another play. It was a fourth down, but that. Right. He, he throw, it away, throw it away and throw it and try again. Right. Jordan Prescott. <laughs> Don't do that. Hey, man, I, at first I wasn't convinced on Jordan Love uh, being the man in Green Bay, but uh, he that dude. He that guy, man. He that guy, man. He's got him that far, and um, yeah, he's a bright future. Still not convinced. Here's the thing. Here, like, this, this is it's going to sound... Even in, even in the playoffs, dog? In yeah, the playoffs? Because of that last throw. I wasn't convinced. Here's the thing. People have all of this love and admiration for Brett Favre. I meant exactly what I said, that he looked Brett Favre-ish. Guess yeah. what? One Super Bowl from Brett Favre uh, after all them years. Only one Super Bowl from yeah. Aaron Rodgers after all them years. Yes, they, yes they've been very fortunate that they haven't had all of this quarterback turnover, but you expect a little bit more success from that. Brett Favre mm-hmm. was consistently leading the league in interceptions. <laughs> it's not, it's not a good look. It, and so, I mean, 
Yes. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. He's done great, broken some records and all this kind of stuff. He was a gunslinger. He had no regard. But Jordan Love, that was you. <laughs> Let's go back to the drawing board and prove be live wrong. Prove that you are indeed that guy and you can lead Green Bay to um, a Super Bowl. I still think they're a few years out. I think they, I think they need a little, little bit more work on the defensive side of the ball, um, especially Scotty D. Excellent point. Um, I forget what game I was watching the week prior, but whoever it was did not care, had little to no regard for blitzing, even though they were up by like two. They, they blitzed and blitzed them. I can't remember what game it was, but that's like put pressure. On Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy had to lead them down like out of all oh, out of blitz and blitz. Oh, they <laughs> oh there was been it had been a lot of blitzing. All right, game number three of this weekend we got the Ravens and the Texans. All right, so the Ravens had a shaky first half against the Texans, but going at, um but going in after going into after uh three two one. All right, so let's go ahead and go into game at number three. The Ravens and the Texans. Now, you said Ravens had a shaky first half against the Texans, um, but got it going after intermission. Are they the clear favorite to win it all, the Ravens? Without question. Because here's, here's the one thing that y'all say it was shaky. Y'all do realize that Houston didn't score an offensive touchdown, right? Right, but it was 10-10 at half. It wasn't it was, it was it was not the Ravens best effort in the first half. And again, even Lamar Jackson during his halftime interview said, excuse me, that it, they were maybe a little bit rusty. So they they shook it off and were clearly the better team when it came it came came down to it. And here's the thing, now they got the rust off. That they 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 they, they loosen up. They on both sides of the ball. They dominated this game. Houston had no answer whatsoever. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't, They, I mean, 175 yards passing, 38 yards rushing. The Texans had no answer. This was a red-hot team, and Baltimore shut them down defensively. And then, of course, their offense, two, 220, the, the disparity between the rushing game Baltimore ran for 229 yards while Houston ran for 38. This you do that is utter domination. There's no way around it. Offensively, defensively. Lamar Jackson is still he threw threw for two touchdowns. Threw for two pat um threw for two, ran for two. Lamar Jackson is the MVP for a reason. He's gonna get his second one. And this Ravens team is scary. Now it's just gonna it's gonna be one of those <clears throat> beautiful games because you got the Ravens versus the Chiefs, and you can never count Patrick Mahomes out. But I'm telling you right now, the Ravens defense is gonna be is gonna be what matters in this game. They're gonna be flying all over and around the ball, and I I think the Ravens are the team. They are the best team clearly out of the four that are remaining. Scotty D, what you got? I, I got <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat is what I got. <laughs> I got I got uh Baltimore looking extremely dominant like they did this past week, but I got them losing to Kansas City at home come Sunday. I got just because I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in the in the championship. Cause I think that 
Like I said, I think that switch has been flicked and, you know, as good as Lamar looked this past, this past week, he beat a Texans team that they should have beaten. That was a team that absolutely should have posed very little threat. And for Houston, they go home with a successful season. They turned their, their franchise around, got into the postseason, have bright future and high hopes for that young quarterback, Stroud. So that's a successful season for them. But they that they maxed out. Baltimore should beat that team. Now it's just going to be a different, little bit of a different challenge. And I'm going with the Chiefs, man. I can't. I'm, until I see Mahomes get knocked out of a championship game, I can't put my money against him. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm. Here's the thing: I'm not a betting man, so I'm not putting any of my hard-earned money on nothing. Mm. But I am picking Baltimore to win it all. Now, and I'm just gonna throw this out here while we're here: San Fran versus Detroit. Just something like. Is it this what this game is going to be? That game is going to be coaching strategy versus pure grit and just grind it out. Detroit ankle biters, Motor City, Dan Campbell. It's that it's going to be heart versus like strategy. I, what better way? I don't know a better way to put it right now. My vocabulary is not vocabularying right now. Um. But San Fran has the better, they have the better talent. I think they have the better coaching. But I just think Detroit, once again, I, I've been using this um, phrase a lot, playing with house money. Nobody expected Detroit to be in the NFC Championship outside of myself. I picked them a while ago. I think it's, I think it's Baltimore versus Detroit. Mm. I think they, I think Detroit's going to shake shake up the world. Unfortunately, they're losing in the Super Bowl. And I said Baltimore just on the, they're just a different breed. But I think Detroit's coming to shock the world in San Fran. That's my pick. That's interesting. I I wouldn't be surprised by that because I actually I didn't think Detroit against Tampa played their best game either. I didn't think Detroit or San Francisco either either the NFC teams played their best game. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a shot. He had a shot. Had to, he did not just skip that game. I just, but I was, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, we're, I we're in a shorter time, but yeah, but um, the the better team won that game as well. And and Tampa, I think, same as, as Houston. They maxed out. They weren't they weren't better than Detroit. But I don't think Detroit is playing with the house money at this point. I think they legitimately are the the one of the best two teams in the NFC. You know, I. They, they came to Dallas and it took a, a weird call by the officials for them to not win that game on the road. So they're, they're not a team that's going to fear being on the road. The problem I, I'm worried about with Detroit is that they have some injury issues on their offensive line and they're going to need those, those, those linemen to create some holes because they're going to have to get the ball. They're going to have to run the ball, I think, which they rely on a good bit, you know, that they, with Montgomery and Gibbs, you know, a couple of really solid running backs all season, but they, I think they need that to, to set up the play action for golf because in a, against a defense that's good, you're going to have to keep them off balance. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of game playing, but I do think that the offensive line problem could be a problem for Detroit. I got the 49ers winning and, and playing the chiefs in the super bowl. 
All right. So let's see. Let's see. Who do I have? Uh, I, I agree with you, Scotty. When it comes to hold, when it comes to the Lions, or so the Bucks hung around, and the Bucks gave a valiant fight. Um, but the Lions, they do need to ensure they do need to take care of their injuries because, like you said, those running backs they're very good. And as long as Jared Goff is upright, he can make some things happen to Amon Ross St. Brown. So uh, they're going to need to get those linemen back. I mean, the, think about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the nine and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that won the NFC South, got this far to the playoffs. Who? What a time to be alive! So, if we pick in Super Bowl, oof, I'm have to go with the 49ers and the Ravens. You're you're going with the popular um, logo color um, Super Bowl. I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that sugar honey iced tea. I ain't doing that. I'm going with the forty dollars and the Ravens because I watch football. Right. I don't subscribe to that mess. I watch football and it's, it's, it kind of pays me to say it, man. But them doggone Ravens, man. The Ravens, man. Ravens, Ravens. I think the Ravens have the Ravens have the momentum to win it all right now, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. So we have three different combinations we've chosen. Yep. Just, just, just like Neapolitan ice cream, three different color combinations and everything. Or is it four? Cherry, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah, it's it's only three for Neapolitan it'll probably, ice cream. It'll probably end up being the Lions and Chiefs because that's the one combination none of us picked. <laughs> we haven't. Right. So yeah, Sky, do you say Chiefs 49ers? Correct. I say, I say Ravens um, Lions, and Eddie says uh, Ravens 49ers. And so, well, <clears throat> AFC number one versus number three, NFC number one versus number three. We shall see, and I'm here for it. Um, I may call out sick from karaoke next week. I don't, I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I would. Ka- karaoke makes me pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, you ran it for like what twenty plus years. And... Yeah, I'm still, I've still fallen ill from it. Scotty hears karaoke. He's like. He starts running everything. All right, that's been it for the divisional playoff recap. Coming up next, as I look at my phone, fellas, guess what time it is? Let's see what's going on. What time? Time, time to go bowling. Hey, there you go. See Scott. See, <laughs> if, see Scott. If we were if we were recording in the afternoon on Monday, like you you wanted to get us up all early in the morning. <laughs> don't 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 do that don't do that Scotty D. we 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 we're we're flexible here at the Sports Bowls podcast before you before you two kick each other's asses it's time once again for our favorite portion of the show the choices of the voices and with that being said hey old butt hit it choices of the voices coming at you right after this on the Sports Bros podcast here with SmackDown Fist be like bam put some lotion on that thing. <laughs> And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful land. Ever so lovely. Ever. I got you. I got all of you. Ever so little, Miss Button, for introducing our favorite portion of the show. Segment, if you will, whatever part of the show you want to call it, the choices of the voice. And it goes a little something like this. We ask y'all the questions, y'all give us the answer, and then we read it back. Um, we got a lot of essay type letters, 
what we're running with bullet points due to time constraints, okay? Because, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, we're watching that Alabama and Nebraska football game, and they're like, due to time constraints, yeah, we on them TCs right about now. So with that being said, Scotty D, what is the question for this week's Choices of the Voices? The question was, who had the more impressive resume? Belichick's Patriots resume, six Super Bowl wins and three Coach of the Year awards, <clears throat> versus Nick Saban, who had five five Coach of the war- Year awards and six national championships at Alabama. <clears throat> and I was asking you to be specific, and you you guys did it. Hey. You, you didn't stay, stay off topic. I, I'm I'm giving a little kudos to our to our answer people this week for not. Not saying uh, uh, Belichick sucks. It was all Brady or Saban sucks. They buy their player. No, I didn't hear any of that stuff. It was, it was, it was good. It was some good answers. And Eddie, tell me what were those answers? They, Scotty, do you have no idea how refreshing that is? <laughs> you have, <laughs> you have no idea how refreshing it is. All right. So, as I pull up my notes here, let's go ahead and start off. Our, our resident Hall of Famer, Uncle Max, who's on the comeback recovery trail, brother. Man, we love you. We hope everything is going well with you. And he said, anybody surprised? Nick Saban, not only did he have to recruit players, but he also had to deal with a constant turnover of coordinators and assistant coaches. Okay, good point. Then Tom Wynn said, plus he kept the ball inflated and didn't benefit from the college tuck rule. Boy, he couldn't help himself, could he? He could not help himself. And then um, Tom Wynn also said, uh, that's why I like you, Max. You might not might have been the you might not have been the prettiest former OT employee, but at least you know more sports than money and the other pundits. You got jokes, Tom Wynn. You got jokes. <laughs> Always and never good ones. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right, Maddie Ice Martin Tracy says the pinnacle of the game of football is the Super Bowl. So getting your team there nine times and winning six, in my opinion, is more impressive. So I'm, I'm going to stop right here real quick because why is the Super Bowl the pinnacle of the game of football? That's how, that sounds preferential. But he's right. No, 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 no. It is the pinnacle of all of sports. It is a pinnacle championship in all of sports. Oh, you talking about because of popularity? Oh, yeah, so yeah. That's yep. just, I, more more yeah. people watch it. More people care about that. So, so in other words, the World Cup is the pinnacle of football. Okay, good talk. No, not yeah. in our country. It's not. You can't have our country. You can't have it both ways. Is it in our country? Is it I, in our I country? Can't. I guarantee you, I was up at nine, ten o'clock in the morning watching the World Cup. I'm not getting up nine, ten. Well, I I would do if the Super Bowl was at nine, ten o'clock. You know what? I get up at any point in time. I'm gonna get up at five o'clock in the morning for the elimination chamber. So I, I, probably, I, I probably won't do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch that on a on a replay later on because that's just ridiculous. No. Yes, the Super Bowl is a really really big deal, but. Making it the pinnacle, you're 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 one sided. I think the I think college football championship is just as important. I think the highest. It's not. The, it's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give you one. I'm gonna give you one better. Which one is more prestigious? Um, Stanley Cup. Just stop. NFL MVP 
or college football Heisman Trophy? Which one's more prestigious? I, I, Heisman I can, Trophy. I can answer that for you right now. Exactly. You ready for I can answer that for you right now. You want to know the answer? So why would Why would the Super Bowl be more important than the college football um, championship? But the Heisman Trophy is more prestigious than the NFL MVP. I, well, I one of those one of those games is played on Sunday in primetime where the whole country can watch it. And the other one is played at nine o'clock on a Monday night in case anyone wants to watch it. I, I, I got, I got the best answer that trumps all that. You want to know what's the, what's the most prestigious in all of sports? WrestleMania. No, these nuts <laughs> moving right along. All right. <laughs> okay. You. All right. So Angel Marie said, Bill, Statistically, he did better. Also, NFL is overall harder. You play more games, more players get injured, and have to hopefully overcome those injuries. There's so much that has to happen in the NFL for you to make it to the Super Bowl than there is in college football. Not to mention Bill Belichick didn't have to leave the NFL to have an impressive resume as Saban did. Ooh, jugs and jabs. Here we go. All right. So she's saying because Saban went to the NFL and failed, Belichick's resume is better. That's what it sounded like. I think so. Uh, Randy Martin, he said, Saban, um, too many scandals in New England. All right. Tom Winter, Winter Chicken Dinner, who had a lot to say earlier with Uncle Max, he said, all things considered pretty equal. It is hard to argue with a 201-29 and 29 <laughs> record uh, remembering Pete Carroll and an inept Falcon uh, game plan and added two Pat Super Bowl wins. All right. So I guess he's saying... Saying Alabama, Nick Alabama? Saban record yeah. 201 and 29. Yeah. 88% winning percentage, by the way. That's high. That's real high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's higher than California gases and giraffe, you know what. All right, Brian Randall said, super easy, it's Nick Saban. It's harder to deal with kids. It's hard to deal with kids with working adults. Uh, not to mention having a new quarterback every two years or so. The coach has never had any cheating scandals, and Belichick has had arguably the best quarterback of all time. Saban has done more with less. Uh, can't argue that. I can argue that all day long. Uh, Nick Saban had uh, – I'll get into it a little bit more later, but I'll, I'm going to argue that point. So that, that leads to my answer. I'm going to argue that later on. But yeah. All right. All right. So, oh, boy, I'm going to try his last name. I think I got it right. Jose Irizarry. Irizarry. Did I get it right? Yeah, I, I, I feel you. I hope you did. Okay. <laughs> I, Jose, I never really got around to asking him. <laughs> Jose, I apologize. Lord knows I try, right? All right. He said, easy. Saban. He had more to do. Uh, He had to do more and deal with more. Yeah, between recruiting and everything. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from, all right? Yep, Michael Randall says, let's be honest with ourselves. It is far easier to win in college football if you're at a blue blood program. Once you win a championship and recruit the next class, it is a self-licking cone. Oh, that threw me off. My bad. <laughs> it's a self-licking cone until someone knocks you off. Saban created the most consistent program in history. Um... With that said, Bill Belichick created the smartest and hardworking culture in professional football. Getting a team to win six Super Bowls is far more different than winning 10 national championships. Mm. All right. Then Jeffrey Lewis, he said, men will say it's saving, but uh, some due to his 29 losses, his 29 loss record with Alabama. Others may be due to some bias. 
but for what it's worth, collegiate sports is way more easier to become successful due to a due to the popularity fra- uh, factor. I vote for Belichick because his margins are harder and tested to the higher degree. Greg Webster says Nick Saban hands down. He attracted the best talent in the country from high schools. Belichick had the luxury of seeing them play at a high level before giving them a spot. Trey Dizzle says Saban's is way more impressive because he did it with like 10 different quarterbacks and a half dozen totally separate groups of players and personnel. However, neither one of them could do anything with Dak. I think Nick Saban could do something <laughs> with Dak. I think he could. That's who y'all should have hired Scotty D. You should have got rid of uh, McBLT and should have got uh, Saban in there. Or you know? anybody else on walking the face oh. of the earth except <laughs> Jason Garrett. Me, you, be live. Uh. I'm just saying, Dak Prescott did have Mississippi State number one, number one in the nation at one point in time. That was over Nick Saban's Alabama. So, ah. yeah, he he did he did do that. A lot, a lot of people forget that. A lot, I I won't forget that. That was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. How did it? Fi- how did they finish? How did they finish that year? Florida State won the national championship. Was that um, Ohio State? No, I mean in relation between Alabama and Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. He didn't win the national championship. I can guarantee you that it flip flopped. That's what happened. John Wasik said Saban. He had to win with a different quarterback every couple of years, and you at least need to have a good quarterback. Bill Belichick was twenty nine and thirty eight without Tom Brady. The best name in the game, JoJo Comfort gives us a list, and it goes as follows. This is a close one since both will go down as among the best at their respective levels. I got to give the nod to Saban for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, Saban consistently reloaded over the short term of an average college football player's tenure for nearly two decades. Number two, Saban's tied teams, for all intents and purposes, stood head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in the most talent-packed and competitive conference in the country. Comparatively, the AFC East was New England's was New England and three teams full of jabronis <laughs> who in many years would have had trouble with the Trinity Hillers JV squad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, and number three, Saban developed so many incredible players over the years. Bama turned them out at an astronomical rate. With that being said, shout out to everybody for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Be live, Saban, Belichick, who the hell you got? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was there was a lot of compelling arguments, a lot of very, very good arguments. One will say that Bill Belichick, because the NFL and the NFL is this, I mean, yes, the NFL is tougher just because you're dealing with professional athletes, you're dealing with a lot of egos, and for Bill Belichick to build a program and a system in New England that it was second to none is impressive to say the least. Nick Saban developed a program at Alabama after leaving LSU and took a program that was meh to arguably the best college football program in the history of all college football. Many factors come into play. Recruiting versus um, um, draft and free agency. So one one. One hand, other hand, et cetera, et cetera. I think at the end of the day, the best point that was made was that 
Alabama was the place to go play football. If you wanted to make it into the pros, you went to Alabama to get that Nick Saban had a propensity of putting players into the league. And so if you had if you had any chance or whatever, you would want to go to Alabama and to be selected <clears> to <throat> the college of Alabama was second to none. So every other team had to fight that uphill battle in college football because Alabama had a wealth of riches. And so when Clemson beat Alabama twice in a national championship game, that should let you know something. All roads lead to Dabo. Bill Belichick did not have the best, the most talented team in the National Football League. And actually, when he did, they didn't win the Super Bowl. They went 18 and 0 when they when they had when you had Tom Brady and Randy Moss, that was unfair. Uh, that was unfair. That was just dumb. Just how how that even happened. And how's the year they didn't win the Super Bowl? So that shows you those six years that they did with Lesser Dan, their name, Julian Elliman, Wes Welker. I mean, they they never really, if you really want to talk about it, they really never had a true number one wide receiver for the majority of that entire in, in that entire time, New England is responsible for tight ends being tight ends now. Before New England tied it the tight end position, they were blockers. They really weren't receivers outside of Antonio Gates for San Diego. Bill Belichick, what he did in New England in a professional ranks with the salary cap with 53 players on the field and not having the most talent all the time, he outsmarted everyone. And Bill Belichick, to me, has the better resume because of that very factor. Nick Saban, hey, 88%. What you done in Alabama, nothing to shake it. But you you built a you literally built something and benefited off of just you got the best, you won one, and then you kept getting the best. And you were ahead of the curve. So my vote goes to Bill Belichick. Let's say you. I've gone back and forth on this several times for, for a lot of the reasons that we've heard, um, you know, New England is in a was in a bad division and the SEC was a good conference. And then on the other hand, you're you are getting games if you're Alabama against Mercer and Western Kentucky and a lot of lopsided SEC games where the bottom of the of the, of the conference wasn't as good. But, um, you know, Saban always had to bring talent in. He didn't have the opportunity to draft, trade, sign free agents like you do in the pros. Uh, so it, it was impressive that he sold himself enough that kids did want to keep coming to Alabama. They did see that pathway to the NFL. They did see the pathway to the national championship game. Um, I, I, Max said that Saban had to overcome losing a lot of coordinators. While Belichick had tons of coordinators come and go, on him as well. I mean, how many head coaches we talked about failed when they got away from Belichick? I mean, there's a lot of them have moved on. So he constantly was having to, I mean, he, he all the way got all the way to the bottom where he was having his mullet son on the staff because he went through <laughs> coordinators. Uh, having said all that, I do think that for the, for the reason that in you to the NFL and you're in a playoff game against other professionals multiple times, whereas Saban really had to win one, maybe two games 
to to win his national championship. I, I think think the more impressive is 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 Belichick and the Patriots, and and, and tomorrow I might feel different, but that's where I land on it today. I don't really think there's a wrong answer here because both of them had legend legendary resumes. I mean, those are just thick numbers that we've talked on both sides of uh, of this argument. Eddie, what do you got? Oh man, whoo boy, seven. Versus six. Nine trips versus what? 511 trips. The talent, the variables, as you, um, as pretty much everybody has mentioned, is the fact that the college and the pro game is necessarily is, is very different. Especially when you look at, like you said, the free agency and the draft as opposed to hitting the trail and recruiting. Um, the higher turnover rate would be Nick Saban because every year you don't know if an assistant is coming back or you don't know if your star quarterback is coming back or your wide receiver is coming back or your lineman is coming back. Like everybody is, you know, a few years undone and get out. Um, there seems to be more stability in New England because Bill Belichick has established a culture. Both men know how to do one thing, win and win at the highest level. I believe when it comes to winning championships, that's the hardest thing to do in all of sports. But to win multiple championships in your respective sports, you're doing something. So I'm going to have to roll with Nick Saban because if you look at the ever-evolving, ever-changing world of college football, nothing from year in, from one year to the next, from one season to the next is different. You got to think about it. This was Nick Saban pre-NIL. Now you have to look at Nick Saban post-NIL. A lot of people say the NIL could be the reason that he retired from football because it just ain't what it used to be. I mean, that's subjective. It's, it's depending on who you're talking to. But I think with, in order to maintain a standard, I would have to say it has to be Nick Saban because every year it's ever changing, it's turning, it's 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 in and out, in and out, out and in, in and out, out and in, out and in and out. We're gonna do a quarterback, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, and just trying to hit the recruiting trail. So I'm gonna have to say Nick Saban. Scotty D, what's on tap for next week's choices of the voices before I get stuck again? Before before uh, before, before, before he goes in, there, I just want to throw this out there. Um that Prescott versus Nick Saban. Um, 2014 season was no, the number one Mississippi State Bulldogs against the number five Alabama Crimson Tide, and Alabama won 25 to 20. What a surprise! <laughs> well, ain't that something? It's got to yeah. be. Yeah, two for two touchdowns. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mississippi State Bulldogs. Got to be. What's on tap next week for the choices of the voices? All right, we're in the NFL season. Uh, so let's talk quarterback. Who would you rather have as your postseason quarterback? Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? Prime Tom Brady. Ooh. Obviously not now, but prime Tom Brady versus prime currently still writing his story, Patrick Mahomes. And that'll give us something to debate about next week, Eddie Cool. Be live, you be live, you are going to have to, have to, have to. You have to bullet point this one. This is oh boy. Well, this going that that was gonna be hot. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Man, good question there, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a 
like that. I'm I'm, I'm ready to debate that right now. <laughs> no way, no way. And make sure to put his full name in the question, Tom Edward Fitzpatrick. Patrick, Aloysius, Carmichael, Gerald, Jeff. We'll have to start early next week to get all that. <laughs> exactly. Just for that part alone. Just for that part alone. That about does for the choice of the voices. Coming up next, be live. Bust out that pepper grinder. Just don't shoot no pepper over here because uh, I got the sneezy wheezes. Coming up next, around the pepper, right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. <laughs> Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, you heard a woman. It's time for us to go home and get what I call the hell up out of here. But before we go, it's a round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really. Be live. It's we're here to engage, enlighten, educate, <laughs> and entertain. The four E's and no particular order. Over here butchering gimmicks and stuff. I almost cussed. You almost got me cussing first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to kick ass. All right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it. I'll go first, right? On this day in history, back in 1984, the birth of Hulkamania. Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik to win his first WWF slash E title at Madison Square Garden on this day in 1984, brother. And Scotty D was there to watch it. Weren't you, Scotty D? Were you in Madison Square Garden? Or were you at the house? I, I, I wish I was. <laughs> he wish he wish he was. I don't know. I thought you might have been there. Tennis going like, woo, with your shirt and everything. Over to you, Scotty D. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Since we're talking about confrontations, we had a good one going on on social media last week, a Twitter. I'm sorry, an ex formerly known as Twitter battle between Jay Gruden, former coach of the Redskins, and RG3, Robert Griffin Jr., former quarterback of the Redskins, basically ripping one another's integrity. He said, RG3 says Gruden had no integrity. And Gruden said, You weren't playing because Kirk Cousins were better than you. Let me just put a uh, the cherry on top of it. Both y'all sucked. And that's why the team is still bad. Be live over to you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, RG3 is doing a much better job with commentating, I tell you that much. No, and he's not. Oh, he's eating. He's interviewing people eating chicken wings and, and, and saying pronouncing. He's, he's, oh, he's, he's terrible. Scotty D, first of all, the fact that we're on this podcast as the Bulls are wearing three-piece suits and ties and stuff like that lets you further know that the sports commentating world has evolved. And if I can eat chicken wings and make money at the same time, I'm here for it. RG3, keep doing you. Was he Classic. smacking? Was he smacking? Classic. Keep running your 4440s. Oh, yeah, he was smacking. Oh, no. I can't do the smacking. Uh, Scotty D, when he was eating chicken wings, who was he interviewing? <laughs> I can't remember the young man's name. You I can't remember. You a, you a lie. You a lie to two babies. I cannot remember the young man's name. K and I G G A is the Kaneka family. It's Kaneka. It's Kaneka. Yes, I'm saying it on the air. I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I'm not talking about that kid. Oh boy. Oh. Be live. What's your pepper point? Got to get a first pepper point. Oh, not uh, not going to get me pre-canceled for my career get started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, be live. Oh, well, 
Move over, Coach K. Mike, because you know what? I ain't never learned how to pronounce that man. Suzuki, um, Suzuki, Yamaha. <laughs> Turn on the car. Suzuki, no, I'm joking. Go ahead. He used to hold the record for the most wins by a head coach in NCAA history. But that title has been passed to one. Tara Vanderveer, <laughs> the women's coach from Stanford, um, inked in their 1,203rd win in, in NCAA history. Do you know who's close to her? Only seven wins behind her. Dean Smith. Gino. Oh, Gino, R.E.M. of oh, my Connecticut has 1,196. Congratulations to the Tara Vanderveer of Stanford and to many more because she is still trucking along. Eddie Cool. The ball. Scotty Demon said right now, you are not worth two dead fly smash. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> See, it's the thing. He's worried about getting canceled because of the Kaneka family. <laughs> he has some little snickers when I'm talking about women's basketball. You know, you know, you're gonna get canceled one way or the other. Your I, mouth. I Second yeah, pepper boy, let's go. All right, Scotty, this, this will make you smile. On this day in history, back in 1994, the NFC Championship game, your Dallas Cowboys defeated the San Francisco 49ers en route to the Super Bowl, where Dallas went on to win Super Bowl 28 um, in the final score. 30 to 13 against the Buffalo Bills, who made their fourth consecutive and last appearance, unless something happens within the next few years. So, Scotty D, that put a smile on your face. And over to you. Those were the days. Uh, so, from Eddie Cool. What's that? Historical archives from Eddie Cool. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he, he dusted that uh, record off. <laughs> so, I want my dad's records. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> Earlier in the week at a press conference to preview the Buccaneers trip to Detroit, one of the reporters asked Todd Bowles, Buccaneers head coach, if he had to do any special preparation because it was going to be really, really cold in Detroit. And to which Bowles replied, you know, we're playing indoors, right? <laughs> if you're that reporter, how do you not know? Come on. He said, he very kindly said, we're only gonna be outside for a few seconds, so no, I'm not going to do anything different. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you if if you're a uh, if you're wanting to get into this business, know who plays where and it, whether it's got a roof on it or not. Be live. That's all I got on that one. Do your research. Do your that's one journalism one on one. Do your research, please. Ugh. Research. Ah oh, man, am I gonna feature Duke? In two of my uh, pepper points, you're yes. gonna be real happy. Yeah, yeah. Pitt beat Duke Saturday night. Go P I T T. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not what you're talking about. Okay, Eddie Cool. I was passed out. Oh, god, I was passed out. That's not really what it was gonna be, was it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Oh. You know what? You know, you know why that was gonna be my second pepper. No, please tell me because I can't believe that you were actually gonna talk. I didn't even know you knew yeah. that that happened. Yes, I absolutely did. You know why that was going to be my second pepper pork? Because the last time Pitt won in Cameron Indoor Stadium, me, Norg, um, the HOC, Eddie Cool were alive. This Stop it. That's not true. Wow, really? 1979 was the yeah. last time Pitt beat Duke in Cameron Indoor. Well, they were Duke was here three weeks ago and destroyed Pitt on ESPN's Game of the Week by 30. So I didn't even... I didn't even turn that game anywhere near because I wasn't expecting. I couldn't believe later that I saw it, and I, I'm I'm surprised that you saw that too. So I, I, I didn't mean to jump on your on your pepper point. <laughs> I couldn't imagine you were going to talk about that. I was I actually I had the game pull up because a couple of friends <laughs> actually our golf bro Tanner Port he's also a diehard Duke fan, and so me and him were me and him were at a wedding together. And he was, he, we were just talking about different sports there. He was, and he was talking about going to a Duke game, him and his wife, Heather. And I was like, well, shoot, I could pull up the game real quick. And we watched the end of that game. And we watched um, my man jump on top of the of the table, standing right in front of the Cameron Crazies, just talking cash. He's pit. And then I read, I read it later that, that the last time they beat Duke in Cameron Indoor was 19. 79. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. <laughs> That's I incredible. That as a favor to you, and you're going to ruin my pepper point. Eddie, cool. Your face was priceless. I almost passed out in this office. I almost passed out. I started seeing stars that got dizzy. All hey, right. Eddie, cool. How do you say it? God. God, dog, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Right, I thought I, I thought I was putting a sidecar on to ride along with your pepper point. I had no idea. You, I'm sorry. <laughs> He, no, your ass got the driver's seat and took off. That's what you did. I can't, I, I can't believe that. Oh, oh, God. All right. All right, fellas. Third and final pepper point. Let's get the hell up out of here. In 2022, on this day in history, Bill's wide receiver, Gabriel Davis. Let me wipe these tears of laughter from my eyes. I need so much for you. You have no idea. Gabe Davis scores a playoff record four touchdowns in an epic Bill's 42-36 to 36 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in their division round playoffs at Arrowhead Stadium. We know what happened. The Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl, and the Bills are trying to figure out what to do for the future. So, that's that. So, yeah, Gabe Davis, four touchdowns. He don't do nothing in fantasy, but four touchdowns in the playoffs. Over you, Scotty D. All right, so UFC had their first pay-per-view of the event of the year this past Saturday night, and we have a new middleweight champion. Sean Strickland was the guy that upset Israel Adesanya back in November. Very controversial, very outspoken, runs his mouth about anything and everything, and lost a split decision to Drikus Duplessis. That's right, Drikus Duplessis of South Africa, the new UFC champion. And um, UFC 300 is coming up here. It was in April. What was that? It was, yeah, in April. And they're stacking the card, and so far, um, I'm not seeing Adesanya or Conor McGregor, John Jones, or any of the big names you want to see stacked on the card. So hopefully it gets better before then. But nonetheless, new middleweight champion in Drikus Duplessis. And be live. That's all I got. Take us home. All right. <laughs> Third, I'm looking forward to 300. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, Third and final pepper point. And I, I, need, I need this to be heard across the world. I'm going to be quiet for this one. Me too. I need everybody to hear this. Please, for the love of God, 
stop the hype. Because a very prominent college basketball player uh, made his starter debut. He's been riding the bench all season, and he now made it to the start, uh, starting role after a couple of injuries with the University of Southern California Trojans. Um, this prominent college basketball player goes by the name of one Bronny James. Well, as a starter in this game, where he played, oh, let's see, who did he play against? I don't uh, whatever, doesn't matter. Because uh, it doesn't matter because he played 25 minutes in this game. He shot 0 for 7 mm. and finished the game with a whopping donut. Zero hmm. points from Bronny James. He's been riding the bench for a reason. He scores zero points as a starter. And the and people keep thinking that this dude is gonna make it in the um NBA. I said this a long time ago. The dude isn't that good. Stop with the hype. Let this man build his own legacy if there is one. And as it stands right now, the GOAT debate is closed because Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan, averaged 12.5 points a game in his collegiate career. Right now, Brian James is off to a whopping seven points a game. Stop the hype. Please. This dude is just not that good. He wasn't good in high. He wasn't that good in high school. He just had a bunch of highlight reels because of his name. He had a couple of dunks. Congratulations. Whoop the freaking dude. Just stop. Stop it. And we're going to stop right here. In, it, in his defense, if Danny Green can play in the NBA, maybe Bronny James can play in the NBA. Danny Green hit some big-time shots. What you he was O for every shot he took in a Laker uniform during the bubble. Oh, Lord. With that being said, it's been another episode <laughs> of the Sports Bros Podcast. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Be a blessing, not a burden. Take care of yourself, and most importantly, take care of your mental health. And don't forget to check out the Wellness Check Wednesday podcast. Wednesdays, we have a podcast all available. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. I'm happy to be back, and see y'all next week. Be like, take us home. I, I, I almost passed out when Scotty D spoils your... Um, hey. It's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always, continue to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Just click the link in the description box and keep up with the Sports Bros Podcast. And once again, thanks for listening. <laughs>